This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. School of Humans. This week, I'm going to talk about a murder story that would become probably the biggest murder mystery that Madison County, Arkansas has ever seen. And I'll never forget when I first read about this case. I read an article in the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and it had a pretty unforgettable opener. It read, quote, Billie Jean Phillips rode life like a sexual jet ski. Death seemed to trail in her wake. That really struck me as a strange and pretty derogatory way to refer to a murder victim. At the same time, it did make me want to learn more about Billie Jean Phillips' life and to find out what happened to her. And apparently a lot of people feel that way because I've probably gotten more emails, messages, and calls about this case than any other case in Arkansas. I have had it in my folder for a long time. I've had people reach out to me wanting to talk about it, but there have been a few issues. Sometimes people back out or someone will be connected to a member of the family who understandably might not want to relive the trauma of talking about this. All of which I totally understand, but I still hear about this case a lot, and I would still love to help answer some of the questions about what happened to Billie Jean Phillips. The story started back on Saturday, September 3, 1994. A federal poultry inspector named Chick Phillips was taking his seven-year-old son, Mackenzie, back to his mother's house. Mackenzie's mother and Chick's ex-wife was 35-year-old Billie Jean Phillips. Billie Jean lived in Alabama, a small unincorporated area about six miles north of Huntsville, Arkansas. Even though Billie Jean and Chick had separated in 1992, they still co-parented well. Chick was dropping Mackenzie off for a scheduled visit. I found out while researching this case that Madison County has a weird nickname. They call it Booger County. I don't know what this really means. Some people say it's a reference to ghosts. Other people say it refers to moonshine. Some people say it's because people in the Ozarks are rough like a booger on the inside of your nose. And I kind of get that because one thing I know about the people in this region 
is that especially back in the day, they were on their own. You had to be very tough to make it up there. Anyway, Billie Jean's son ran inside the house and walked back to her bedroom. That's when he saw his mother lying on the floor a few feet from her bed. She was dead. Her head was propped up against a wall. So Mackenzie ran back outside to the car and told his dad, Mommy fell, painting. Chick didn't really understand what was going on, so he put his son back in the truck and walked in, and that's when he found his former wife's body. He realized, to his horror, that his son had thought that the blood that was spattered all over the bedroom was paint. Billie Jean was wearing a white t-shirt, underwear, and all of her jewelry. Chick ran back out, drove down the road, and found Billie Jean's parents, Earl and Edna McKnight. They live close by. Then, from there, they called the Madison County Sheriff's Office. The Sheriff's Office got that call at 11.58 a.m. Now, of course, the house immediately turned into a crime scene, and it was not long before the whole town heard what happened. Billie Jean had been brutally murdered. She had been beaten to death. And investigators believed... The murder weapon was her son's t-ball bat. It was lying near her body, splintered into pieces. Now, a t-ball bat is pretty light and short, about half the size and weight of a regular bat. Apparently, it didn't finish the job, because after beating Billie Jean, her killer dragged her across the room and strangled her. There was a lot of blood. It was splashed up high on the walls, almost to the ceiling. In a town with fewer than 2,000 people, I know we always say everyone knows everyone, but really everyone in Madison County knew Billie Jean Phillips, or at least knew of her. She was beautiful, with really big eyes and blonde hair, and just a really pretty smile. But she was also feisty. She had a lot of lovers, and she was not shy about speaking her mind, which can be a fatal combination in a tiny town. A lot of men loved her and a lot of women hated her. And a woman who can inspire that kind of obsession made a lot of enemies. There was a long list of suspects, including a sheriff who was living a double life, the prosecutor and his son, who had both slept with the victim. And pretty soon, the whole town was talking about conspiracy theories that included meth caves, arson, and murder in Arkansas. So what really happened to Billie Jean Phillips? I'm Katherine Townsend. Over the past five years of making my true crime podcast, Hell and Gone, I've learned that there's no such thing as a small town where murder never happens. I have received hundreds of messages from people all around the country asking for help with an unsolved murder that's affected them, their families, and their communities. If you have a case that you'd like me and my team to look into, you can reach out to us at our Hell and Gone murder line at 678-744-6145. That's 678-744-6145. This is Helen Gone Murderline.
after Billie Jean was found dead, Madison County Sheriff Randy Baker called the Arkansas State Police. He talked to an investigator named Doug Fogley. And this, by the way, is according to an amazing investigative article in the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. When Sheriff Baker called the ASP investigator and told him that Billie Jean was dead, he said, quote, Rusty Kane has been fucking her. How do you keep the deputy prosecutor out of the crime scene? Sheriff Baker was referring to the fact that Rusty Kane, the deputy prosecutor for Madison County, had been having a very public affair with Billie Jean Phillips for several years. I talked to Terry Jones, the prosecutor for Madison County, Rusty Kane's boss. Terry Jones is the person who ended up prosecuting Billie Jean's case. And he said it is a case he will never forget. In fact, he later wrote a book called Mr. Prosecutor in which he discussed at length all the crazy twists and turns that happened in the case. I mean, we, we played with this for, uh, it seems like three years. And we went down and had all the top detectives in the state gathered down at Little Rock in the state police office and brainstormed uh, the defenses and the, and the evidence. I mean, this case was looked at more than any case I ever had in my entire life. After the police were called, Billie Jean's parents called Billie Jean's sister. Her name was Una, and she was a nurse. So Una raced to the house, and she walked in and saw what she described to the Arkansas Democrat Gazette as a horrible, bloody scene. But because Una was a nurse, even though I cannot imagine how traumatic this must have been for her, she was, from the beginning, kind of looking at the scene with an investigative eye. She was noticing details that other people missed. It was clear that Billie Jean fought hard for her life. Two of her fingernails had been ripped completely out. Una actually found a piece of her sister's middle finger on the bed. She noticed that Billie Jean's body was stiff, already in rigor mortis. Full rigor mortis can happen in around four to six hours. Then the body remains stiff for 24 to 48 hours and then relaxes again. Using the physical evidence at the scene and after piecing together timelines, investigators were able to narrow down Billie Jean's time of death to approximately between 10.30 p.m. and 6.30 a.m. the next morning. There was also a bedroom clock that had been ripped out of the wall at exactly 3.35 a.m. All hell was breaking loose at the Madison County Sheriff's Office. Again, because Billie Jean had been having an affair with the local deputy prosecutor, Rusty Kane. This was a major conflict of interest. Rusty was in charge of prosecuting the case, and now they needed to keep him out of the crime scene. Rusty Kane did show up at Billie Jean's house, and a couple of police officers later signed statements that said that Rusty Kane had something on his shoes. They said they looked like it could be spots of blood. Those shoes were taken into evidence, but not until later that day. And to be honest, I've never found anything else in anything I've read about this case about what happened to those shoes. Una and her brother, Robert McKnight, who was Billie Jean's baby brother and very close to Billie Jean, told the Democrat Gazette that Rusty looked disheveled, like he hadn't slept, and they believed he was acting strange. They immediately suspected him, and they weren't the only ones. But this case was tough because Rusty Kane was far from the only suspect here. He was not the only man in Billie Jean's life. 
Billie Jean Phillips was born Billie Jean McKnight in 1959. Her parents, Earl McKnight and Edna McKnight, were successful. They ran several businesses in Huntsville, including a mini mall and a drive-in movie theater. They also ran the Ozark Shop, a convenience store. Billie Jean worked there, which put her in contact with a lot of people. A lot of people love Billie Jean, but she also got into a lot of conflicts. Pretty much every media report you read talks about how sexually precocious Billie Jean was. And I can imagine that would have caused Billie Jean a lot of friction at that time and in that neck of the woods. I just want to read a quick passage from one of those articles. This is from an article in AY Magazine. And this article, by the way, is from 2023. And it reads, quote, Packed tight in her 35 years were three marriages, involvement in two deaths, and a sex life that spanned Madison County from Lawman to Bad Boys. One of the McKnight family, Billie Jean was a hard worker just like her folks, but she wasn't interested in their church-going ways. She had more than the Bible on her mind. That became evident when, at age 15, Billie Jean was caught by her daddy in a state trooper's car, there being nothing lawful about the encounter between her and the older guy. End quote. And that's referring to the same incident that the Democrat Gazette mentioned, which is that at age 15, Billie Jean was involved with a state trooper. I love the Democrat Gazette. I think they did a brilliant investigation, by the way. But I don't love the way that a sexually active young woman is referred to. I've talked about this before. I call it postmortem slut shaming, and I don't think it's right. I don't like the fact, for example, they use the phrase, took her first lover about a 15-year-old and a grown man who was 23 years old at the time. And since this happens a lot with this case, I'm going to keep calling it out. Billie Jean had three sisters and a brother. She was closest to her baby brother, Robert McKnight. They seemed to have a really special bond. And when Robert McKnight developed a drug problem and got addicted to methamphetamines, Billie Jean was there for him. She would pay his drug debt. She let him sleep at her house. And sometimes, and this is a little bit weird, but becomes important later, he would crawl in through the window and sleep in her guest room. And everyone said that this behavior continued right up until the time when Billie Jean died. Billie Jean married young while she was still a teenager. She married Randall Wayne Sharp. And they apparently said, I do, on the diving board of a swimming pool. Randall, Billie Jean's first husband, had a gambling problem, and they would get into violent arguments. Once, the newspaper reported, he tied her up and threw her into a closet while he went out with his friends. And again, this went both ways because Billie Jean was not a shrinking violet. She had a temper. Eventually, they separated. Randall was 29 at the time, and he went to Alaska to work on a pipeline. Now, during this time, according to AY Magazine, Billie Jean was having affairs, including some flings with members of law enforcement. Randall came back to town. On December 10, 1979, he checked himself into the Jan Rand Motel in Huntsville. He was there hanging out with a friend when Billie Jean and her brother Robert showed up. Now, what happened next is still controversial. But a few minutes after Billie Jean and her brother arrived, Randall was dead. Hey, y'all, it's Catherine. As you know from Helen Gone, crime can happen to anyone at any time. 
when it comes to home security, your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. Obviously, we cannot control everything that happens out there in the world, but when I'm in my own home, I feel very reassured by the fact that I have a home security system. And Simply Safe is affordable, easy to use, and crucially, it's easy to get started with and then build on later as you need more functionality. They have a huge variety of indoor and outdoor cameras. It's backed by 24/7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day with no contracts and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/helengone. That's simplysafe.com/helengone. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included. All while saving big for the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want. Get Spectrum One, just forty nine ninety nine a month for twelve months. Visit Spectrum dot com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking.、Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and、uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Randall's friend told police that at some point he and Billie Jean's brother Robert went outside, leaving Billie Jean and Randall alone in that motel room. And then, apparently, while she watched, Randall grabbed a Colt .45 he had in there and shot himself in the head right in front of Billie Jean. When police showed up, she was cradling his head in her lap and screaming, "I love you." She seemed extremely distraught. Now, Randall's family have said over the years they do not believe that Randall took his own life. They believe either Billy Jean did it or that she somehow goaded him into shooting himself. Randall had been shot through the right temple, and the gun was in his right hand. But Randall Sharp's mother said Randall was left-handed. She said he could not have shot himself with his right hand like that. Arkansas State Police criminal investigator Doug Fogley, who would investigate Billy Jean's death much later, did tests for gunpowder residue and metal on Randall's hands. Police said that Billy Jean tested negative for residue, so police came to the conclusion that Randall did shoot himself. That he had been using both hands, kind of wrapping one over the other. They believed that Randall and Billy Jean were having an argument. Things escalated, and. He may have done something like threatened to shoot himself, or maybe try to fake her out, but he ended up somehow doing it for real. But over the years, rumors have persisted that the sheriff Ralph Baker, who by the way was a friend of Billy Jean's, and some said more than a friend, but there was never any evidence of that, had not looked too hard into Randall's death. On a side note, Sheriff Baker himself is a very controversial figure, and you can't really tell this story without going into some of the history in Madison County. We'll come back to that in a few minutes. Back to Billy Jean and Randall. Billy Jean was traumatized after Randall's death. She moved back in with her parents. 
And it wasn't long before Billie Jean met her second husband, a truck driver for Tyson Foods named Dale Harp. They got married in 1981. Dale later talked to a journalist named Michael Whiteley, the writer who did this great investigative piece for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Dale said Billie Jean liked the finer things in life. She liked money, and he felt like he just never had enough for her. He also said they had gotten into violent arguments. He admitted to the journalist that one of their arguments ended with him holding a gun to Billie Jean's head. He said, quote, she could play me like a drum. She was good to look at, and she'd flirt around and make me jealous. She could cut you so low, it would take a stepladder to climb onto a matchbox, end quote. Of course, I would never blame the victim. No one deserves to be physically abused. But we can see that there's this pattern where she's very confrontational. She has no problem getting up in people's faces. And when you combine that with someone with violent tendencies, you've got a very volatile situation. Billie Jean and Dale eventually divorced. And then she met Chick Phillips, the federal poultry plant inspector who became her third husband. Billie Jean and Chick were together for a few years, and over that time, he was the one person who kind of seemed to be able to handle Billie Jean. She was still confrontational, and she could be verbally abusive, but Chick was different. He would walk away or drive away in his four-wheeler. They stayed together for eight years and had their son, Mackenzie. And it's also interesting to note that Chick is the one former partner of Billie Jean who, when he was contacted by journalists, said nice things about her. The rumor around town was that Billie Jean was dating Rusty Kane while she was still married to Chick and that he knew about it. Eventually, Billie Jean and Chick's marriage broke up. And after they split, Billie Jean's affair with Rusty Kane heated up even more. She was pressuring him to leave his wife, Sharon Kane, The prosecuting attorney, Terry Jones, said that Billie Jean's love life made the murder difficult to investigate because there were a lot of pissed off people, including a lot of wives and girlfriends. She had uh, sexual contact with a lot of people. So there were a lot of suspects, people that might have had either had sex with her or whose husband may have been having sex with her. We had a couple of cases where she was having sex with this with the woman's husband, and she'd call him on the damn phone, the wife, while they were in the act. And so she had offended a whole lot of people in Madison County. Not only did Billie Jean know some of these men's sexual secrets, but she also knew a lot of their other secrets outside the bedroom. She reportedly told people that she had a briefcase with dirt on a lot of prominent men and prominent figures in town. Billie Jean was involved with another mysterious death. One night, she was partying with some friends, including a woman named Christy Box, the daughter of a local doctor. Billie Jean was at Christy's place with Christy's boyfriend, a guy named Thomas Garrett. Thomas worked at the Ozark shop with Billie Jean. While they were driving, there was a horrible car crash. Christy Box was killed. Both Thomas Garrett and Billie Jean were seriously injured. But when the police got to the scene of the accident, Billie Jean was nowhere to be found. The rumor around town was that Billie Jean was the person who was driving the car, but that was never proven. Instead, 
Thomas was prosecuted as the driver. He ended up getting four years probation and a fine, no jail time. Billie Jean was never charged with anything. And Rusty Kane was the prosecutor on that case. So not only did Billie Jean not have any criminal penalties, apparently Rusty Kane also got Billie Jean a $21,000 settlement from Thomas's insurance company. The word around town was that Rusty had fixed that situation for Billie Jean. I'm guessing either because he loved her or he was a little bit afraid of her or maybe both. Leading up to the time of her death, we know Billie Jean potentially had a lot of enemies. But let's go back to the evidence. What was Billie Jean doing on September 2nd, the last day she was alive? Police say Billie Jean spent that entire day with her mom, Edna. Billie Jean was buying Rusty Kane some presents. She went to Sam's Club and Dillard's. She was supposed to have a date with him that night. But according to Rusty Kane's former attorney, that date never really happened. Rusty had said he did stop at Billie Jean's house at around 5 p.m. While he was there, he gave her $200. Rusty told police that Billie Jean gave him his gifts, but he said he wasn't going to be able to see her later because he had family in town. But investigators did find a card from Rusty Kane out on Billie Jean's kitchen counter, which seemed to indicate he had been there and they had exchanged gifts. After Rusty left, Billie Jean drove to the Ozark shop, where she started her shift at 6 p.m. She was closing up at 10 p.m. when her mom stopped by. She and her mom just had a brief talk. Her mom said it was nothing out of the ordinary. But Edna did say that they did have a brief conversation about Billie Jean's safety deposit box, Now, apparently, Billie Jean shared multiple safety deposit boxes with Rusty Kane. And she told her mother something a little bit strange. She had mentioned that she and Rusty had a safety deposit box that only had a single piece of paper in it. At some point, after Billie Jean was done closing up, she apparently told her mom, you need to get out of here now, which her mom took to mean, you need to head out, I've got to finish up, I've got plans. Billie Jean never told her mother what she was planning on doing. Now, there was someone else, another witness, someone who said Billie Jean left the Ozark shop at around 10.45 p.m. and that Billie Jean's car was driving behind this person's car for about 15 minutes. Then, this witness, who was familiar with Billie Jean and her car, saw Billie Jean turn off toward her house, which would mean, if that's accurate, that Billie Jean would have gotten home shortly after 11 p.m., When the reporter for the Democrat Gazette did his article, he did ask Billie Jean's parents, Earl and Edna, about the safety deposit box, the one that supposedly had the single sheet of paper in it. Earl and Edna said they never found it. So what happened to that, I wonder? Was it never there? Could someone have removed it? Maybe someone in law enforcement? I do think it's strange. Why would Billie Jean say there was one piece of paper inside a box if there wasn't? During the investigation into Billie Jean's death, colleagues were noticing Rusty Kane's behavior started to get strange. Remember, he was not supposed to be involved. This was a conflict of interest. He was supposed to stay out of the case. Yet, a few days after Billie Jean's murder, he called the state crime lab to ask about progress. After that, his boss, Terry Jones, took Rusty off the case on September 9th. Rusty had called to try to find out Uh, what some of the medical evidence had been and so I fired him immediately and we had all those leads and we had people that all all had theories about who killed her I mean a lot of people had a theory that the the sheriff had done it 
Rusty had done it. I mean, there were just so many rumors flying around. At the same time, police were looking at other suspects, including Billie Jean's brother, Robert McKnight. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. After Billie Jean Phillips' murder, police were taking a closer look at her brother, Robert McKnight. When toxicology reports came back, they found Billie Jean had had methamphetamine in her system on the night she died, and Robert had a drug problem. One theory that law enforcement bounced around was that maybe Robert got into trouble, maybe he owed people money, maybe they came there to collect and things got ugly. But the more investigators studied the scene, the more they realized this looked like it had been staged. There was actually no sign of forced entry. There was a screen that had been taken off of Billie Jean's bedroom window, but the windowsill had dust on it. So it looked like the windowsill hadn't been disturbed at all. Someone had just taken the screen out to make it look like someone got in that way. Someone also cut the screen to the living room doors, but the doors themselves were bolted shut and they were locked. So it seemed like the killer had gotten inside the house and then taken off those screens to perhaps make it look like a break-in. Meanwhile, Billie Jean's sister, Yuna, who, remember, was a nurse, was also realizing more and more details that did not seem to add up. Billie Jean was wearing a gold necklace when she was found and all of her jewelry, including an ankle bracelet and a ring that Rusty gave her. Now, Yuna said Billie Jean only wore jewelry when she was expecting company or when she was going out. She never wore jewelry to sleep. And there was $301 in Billie Jean's wallet 
So surely a robber or drug dealer would have stolen that and, for that matter, would have stolen her jewelry. Then there was the murder weapon itself. Billie Jean had been hit with her son's t-ball bat. It seemed that the killer did not come over with the intention of murdering her because that's not the weapon that you would choose. This was not a professional hitman. This seemed to be a crime of passion. There was also the bedroom clock, which had been pulled out of the wall at exactly 3.35 a.m. Law enforcement seemed to be conflicted on this. Some people believed it might be the time of death, but others wondered, could this be another stage clue? Maybe the killer wanted everyone to think that it happened at 3.35 a.m., so that he or she or they could manipulate the timeline. There were some other irregularities, according to the Democrat Gazette. There was a videotape taken of the crime scene, and apparently it showed there was a vacuum cleaner out, like it had just been used to vacuum. But the bag was missing. It wasn't in the trash. It wasn't anywhere. So who took the vacuum bag? There was also a black case that was visible in some of the photos, according to the newspaper. But the family never saw that black case. Apparently, it never made it into evidence. Could this have been the briefcase that Billie Jean was talking about? The one with dirt on the police inside it? And if so, what happened to it? And then there was the card, the one to Billie Jean from Rusty Kane. Now, Eunice said normally that was not the kind of thing that her sister would just leave lying out. Again, investigators wondered, could someone have staged that to try and frame Rusty Kane? There was also other evidence that was never properly investigated, like an unmade bed upstairs in a room that people didn't really sleep in. But police apparently never took the sheets or anything else from that bed into evidence. The police analyzed the physical evidence from Billie Jean's body. They took skin from underneath Billie Jean's fingernails and they tested it. From that, they were able to exclude several suspects, including Billie Jean's brother, Robert McKnight, and her son, Mackenzie. Apparently, they tested Billie Jean's son because she sometimes liked to scratch his back and they wanted to exclude him. So both Billie Jean's brother, Robert, and her son, Mackenzie, were ruled out which meant that Robert McKnight was cleared. Now, I want to go back to Sheriff Baker and the good old boys system in Arkansas. In that neck of the woods, Sheriff Ralph Baker is definitely a love-hate figure. So it turned out that Sheriff Baker, in addition to being a law enforcement officer, also had a criminal background. Back in the late 90s, when pseudoephedrine, the main ingredient in methamphetamine, was legal, you could pick up everything you needed at Walmart or the drugstore to make a meth lab. So these local small meth labs were everywhere. And in Madison County, a lot of people claim that certain members of local law enforcement worked with the meth dealers. Again, the Arkansas Democrat Gazette did this massive investigation. They interviewed over 100 people, including drug dealers, friends, family, and a lot of people who work in law enforcement. And they had some strong evidence that Sheriff Baker knew about the meth dealing and that he allowed some of it to operate unchecked. Michael Whiteley wrote in the Democrat Gazette that Ralph Baker grew up in Madison County. And in addition to Sheriff Baker's criminal background, there were also allegations of voter fraud. Things took a darker turn in 1987. That's the year when Sheriff Baker and one of his colleagues arrested a 19-year-old mentally handicapped man who had been accused of stealing some baseball cards. They beat him. 
and the victim's family sued. A judge ruled that Sheriff Ralph had to pay just over $100,000 to that victim's family. And there were other allegations that Sheriff Baker took drugs that had been seized as evidence and that he didn't really keep careful inventory. They talked about how he allegedly took cash from dealers who told the newspaper that they paid the sheriff so they could stay out of jail. Now, of course, Sheriff Baker denied all these allegations and a lot of people said good things about him in law enforcement. But the article in the Democrat Gazette pointed out Ralph Baker was paid a salary of $31,000 per year, but somehow was able to buy 2,400 acres of land for a total of almost $500,000 without taking out any mortgages. Sheriff Baker always denied any wrongdoing, but the stuff going on in the background when Billie Jean's murder happened fueled the local rumor mill and made the case even more complicated because they were friends. So let's go back to Billie Jean's case. Terry Jones has taken Rusty Kane off of the case. And filtering out all the rumors, this appeared to be an unplanned attack. This was someone who flew into a rage. Everyone was suspicious of Rusty Kane. But we also have to look at the rest of the Kane family, especially once the community found out Billie Jean had sexual encounters with Rusty's son, Trey. An ASP investigator would later testify that Billie Jean groomed and had a sexual encounter, which he described on the stand as seducing Trey when Trey was just 12 years old. Now, obviously, this is shocking. And it's even more shocking because the very few media reports that I've seen about this just kind of casually throw that in there. Once again, I'm shocked and very saddened by this cycle of young people being preyed on by much older adults. All of this is obviously shocking that she did this to Trey. And by the way, that Trey's father, Rusty Kane, could continue to have a relationship with her after that. I'm wondering, what did Rusty Kane know about Billie Jean and his son, and when did he find out? But both Rusty and Trey Kane were given DNA tests, and apparently they were not a match, so they were cleared. Then there was Rusty's wife, Sharon Kane. Sharon Kane was a music teacher and looked like just your average soccer mom, but as the affair between Billie Jean and her husband heated up, things were starting to get very ugly in the Kane household. Billie Jean wanted Rusty to leave Sharon, and she was not playing around. Again, she was very confrontational. According to the Democrat Gazette, the Christmas before she died, Billie Jean got a Christmas card from Sharon Kane that said, go fuck somebody else's husband. And then just a few weeks before the murder, Billie Jean got into an argument with Sharon Kane when she showed up to the Kane home. On another day, Sharon caught Rusty and Billie Jean together in his car and hauled off and punched Rusty in the face. And in addition to Billie Jean sleeping with her husband and being very public about it and unapologetic, I don't know if Sharon Kane knew about Billie Jean grooming her son at that point, but if she did know, I cannot imagine the anger and rage that she must have felt at that time. Sharon was questioned by detectives, but she claimed spousal privilege and took the fifth.
Billie Jean's parents, Earl and Edna McKnight, offered a $25,000 reward for any information that could help lead to her killer. Over the years, they did whatever they could to follow up on tips. They put up billboards. They even handed out bumper stickers with Who Killed Billy Phillips printed on them. And as it happens in so many of these cases, of course, these poor parents have had to deal with so many local rumors over the years. And they still have no answers about what actually happened to their daughter. But finally, in 2002, there was an arrest in Billie Jean's case. And it wasn't the sheriff or her brother or anyone else that people had been whispering about. In fact, this name shocked everyone. Well, we didn't suspect him at all. We didn't even know anything about him until we got the DNA evidence back. I'm Katherine Townsend. This is Helen Gone, Murderline. Helen Gone Murderline is a production of School of Humans and iHeart Podcasts. It's written and narrated by me, Katherine Townsend, and produced by Gabby Watts. Music is by Ben Salee. Executive producers are Virginia Prescott, Brandon Barr, and Elsie Crowley. If you have a case you'd like me and my team to look into, you can reach out to us at our Helen Gone Murder Line at 678-744-6145. That's 678-744-6145. School of Humans. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency and consistency scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality visit lazarusnaturals.com today lazarus naturals committed to improving your life as well as the world around you not available in idaho iowa or south dakota